The Archetypal Tarot Podcast explores universal human patterns called archetypes by investigating the major arcana of the ancient tarot. We recognize these archetypes because they are present in our own life stories, myths, and culture. Each card represents a stage of the journey for understanding the greater story of our lives. With the sun in it, I saw the sun. Lady Didi, is that a song? It probably is. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> hey, welcome to Telly Toby Land. This is, if you haven't guessed it, the Archetypal Tarot Podcast, and we're getting silly for good reason because we are going to be talking about the sun card today, which is number 19. And um, it is all about sun and fun and Sesame Street pushing the clouds away. We're also going to talk about specifically uh, the child archetype, which is something that resides in all of us. And in case you didn't know, I am Julianne Javot, um, archetypal consultant. And with me here is Cindera Quackenbush. So, hey there. Hello. Sesame Street. This card should just have a big... Teletubbies. Yeah. Teletubbies. La, 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 la. A big bird on it. And uh, I must say, 19. Holy moly. It's the perfect timing happening here. I can't believe it. Just to, to roll back where we were, you know, we had a little bit of a WTF lobsters and howling animals and craziness and it was kind of a drug trip it was kind of like a you know all that unconscious stuff that can be really uncomfortable was rising to the surface and we were, it was quite quite a dark ride so someone might call right. that one the bad trip and this is more like the i'm the on good. mushrooms oh yeah <laughs> out in the field like, with the sun shining <laughs> totally. um not that we would know anything about that. Well, you know. No. Um, but yes, let's explore a little bit about what these cards actually Some look like. Wonderful symbols. So as ever, we are going to be looking at the Marseille deck um, as well as the Rider Waite. So if you got those handy or you want to look them up online. Yeah, bring them out. And with any of these podcasts, you know, pause the show right now and take a look yourself and get your first impressions. That's always a wonderful Unless thing Unless you're in do. the car listening to this because, you know. Bad idea. Don't stop the car. Yeah, no, no. meditating on tarot cards while yeah. driving. It's not an easy thing to explain. But you know that. <laughs> so, we digress. <laughs> so, uh, starting with the Marseilles, we have our twin children out yeah. there uh, playing in what appears to be behind the golden walls. Uh, perhaps of those same golden towers we saw in the distance mm. in the moon card. So it's okay. like now we're transported inside this golden, safe, lovely place. Uh, and this very anthropomorphic sun is shining overhead. Kind of cross-eyed, did you, not, did you not just notice that? Uh, the sun looks a little it, cross-eyed. It's, it's like a strabismus, you know? Yeah. <laughs> in the sun. Uh, but very colorful. Mm -hmm. And I'd say a pretty pleasant um, lovely face raining down multicolored colored drops onto the children um, who appear to be playing um, half naked outside. It's just uh, it's a very warm and sunny card. Uh, and then over here with the Rider weight, we've lost the twin element, strangely, in this one. I, I, th I think that there's something important well, we, about we the twins. We lost the twin, but we got a horse. Oh, okay. Well, we got a horse. Well, maybe it's still Gemini because the you know what the Gemini Gemini equivalent is to uh, in the Chinese astrology is the the horse. It's a horse. Wow. So you know, you're the horse. It's like the year of the Gemini. 
just a good warning for you. But yeah, we have a horse. That's that's a good point. So so one of these twins has morphed into a horse. And <laughs> sure. I think I've always wanted to say that. And uh and the there's, there's but still a very naked baby. So I'd say maybe some of that nakedness of yep. the stars sort of emerged in this playful, free child on top of the mm -hmm. horse. And in the background, we have sunflowers, and once again, a very big, beaming, anthropomorphic, human-faced sun up in the sky. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about these symbols. What what sticks out at you, uh, Julianne, as you look at the sun cards? Either of them. Um, what, what? Uh, I, I like the Rider Waite one better. Oh, yeah, I, I know. Do. You always have I that do. bias. I always have the bias for that. Not the always. I don't know. The, the, the Marseille Doc. I don't know. The kids are awkward. They look like they're just kind of poking each other. They don't look like they're having fun where... There yeah, is, not really smart. There's something um there is something really beautiful sweet about and, right and sweet and miraculous. Uh just okay, so to picture the fool is our hero. You know, where we've just come from is this just kind of dark and disturbing place where we're kind of you know, this un we're brought almost on these unconscious waters to the next scene, the next stage, if we're mm -hmm. looking at this in that linear linear path and we are we welcomed and welcomed into this gorgeous garden with this kid he's on a white horse and holding a banner and sunflowers i mean we're just this is this is a happy scene this is mm, mm -hmm. and many people talk about this in terms of it as a stage is you know we're realizing for the first time as the heroes of this story that we are just beautifully mm -hmm. happy uh, without particular reason, and I think that's the purview of the child. And the symbols here, I think, have a lot to 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 say about that. The the sun itself being a symbol, um, a very strong symbol of gold in the mm. in the uh, in alchemy mm -hmm. and many other cultures also. Like in Egypt, where Sun Ra was uh, personified as the evening sun setting at the end of the creative process. And that has a lot to do with what we're kind of talking about, the, the creative journey that, that we've been on. And um, the alchemists, to kind of go back to that, they, they understood that the process of creation and, and utilized the heat of the sun and the, the idea of the sun philosophically and, and, and literally that like it's, it's, it warms all of us. We are, we'd be dead without the sun. And so it's this great mm -hmm. symbol of life. Mm -hmm. Um, and the child also knew life, you know, we'll, we'll go into the archetype of that, but, and the sunflowers, which really for me are one of my favorite flowers. I don't know if you've ever seen them, um, in the wild, um, sunflowers, <laughs> <laughs> They're in, you know, they're in cities too. But the sunflower is a, a gorgeous symbol of always turning towards that sun. And, you know, it's the first mm. thing in the morning, all the sunflowers, which have a very, very heavy sort of head, essentially, that flower um, part on the top is very heavy. And, and when the, uh, before the sun comes up, they're drooping and they're facing down. But as the sun comes up, so do the sunflowers um, come up. And they also move with the sun as the mm -hmm. sun goes across the sky. So that I think there's there's a lot of rich symbolism here, um, and in the Rider Waite card with the with the horse, which has always been a symbol of grace and power and strength, um, and it's a white horse. So there's there's this uh, the white horse is also a lot a, lot, a symbol seen as um, to be to do with birth. So it's a lot here, and I mean I think you know yay finally after 
<laughs> there's yeah. there's something wonderful happening here. And Romulus and Remus, founders of Rome, are depicted as suckling off wolves, and this is like the birth of them, and they found Rome later on from that. Um, and so and it makes me think of that last card, oh, the yeah. moon, yeah. and how we've come from there to here, and that there, there was something extremely important about having to transgress or to go through that phase of the moon of uh, and something emerging. We didn't know what it was out of the dark waters of the unconscious. Um, but that by going through that stage and crossing over to this golden kingdom, you know, we've really found a place to emerge in a new way to be reborn. Um, but it's part of, of course, of this process of rebirth that, that we've been talking about on this phase. But I, I'm also noticing too that both cards have a wall, you mm -hmm. know, right away also has this wall where the sunflowers are behind and then of course the the golden walls um, in the Marseilles. There really is a sense of that you found a safe place. You've been able to create, you know, and, and, and I think that's a big lesson for a lot of us to learn is that yes, we need to learn to be ourselves and all of that, all of those cliches you always hear about, mm -hmm. but that we also need to know what our boundaries are and to know this is the this is a safe place to explore. This is a safe person to explore with. So many of the modalities, healing modalities, therapies and so forth that you find, we're like, okay, this is where the safe wall is and this person will be a good person to explore this with. Also with relationships and so forth. Uh, finding that wall and, and being able to put that you know, but you know, it, it's not a tall wall. It's not like the tower that where we're locking things out, energies out, but it's, it's low enough to be like, see over, allow things in, but that you're protected in the space to be naked and free. Woo! Exactly. <laughs> and all that, the fun. And I think really it's sort of like, there's a lot of love um, mm, in the, in mm -hmm. the, in the card, just warmth. And, you know, when we were talking about in the last podcast about how the moon was, um, it's relationship with the priestess card and, um, you and I were talking earlier and I was thinking, well, the relationship that just comes to me, um, really quickly of, of the child and the son here is the parents, you know, the emperor, mm. empress, mother, father yeah. cards. And that makes a, I mean, it makes a lot of sense because there's this, um, the obvious relationship of mother, father, child, um, those right. archetypes, um, mm -hmm. and in our, in our own journey, if we are, uh, learning how to be our own best mother and our own best father, um, that mm -hmm. creates that boundary and that structure right. where that um, unconditional love can live. And, That's and, right. And so we can have sort of a happy vulnerability, which is, you know, it's all of the child is this, I mean, this is, you know, a symbolism of innocence and purity and vulnerability. And so if we've um, embodied that mother-father energy, we create this space where we can just be happy or, or we can come upon that happiness and not feel threatened by it and not feel like we need to, you know, quickly run away from it or encase it or, or all of those things that we will do, you know, in our lives when we, when we come across this. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say that if I had to spin a story about either of these cards, and, and this is something I love to do when I work with tarot clients, is that tell a story about this card, these cards together. Um, but if I had to tell a story about this card in general, I would say that the king and queen are are quite in, you know, balanced and happy and in place in this kingdom. There's there's not a threat from the outside or there's not, doesn't feel like there's sadness in this kingdom right now that, that those that king and queen are so well in place, you don't even have to see them here. It's just mm -hmm. trust trusted that they're in place so 
um, that's wonderful. It's a great sign. Absolutely. And since there's, you know, there's a sense of fun with this, with this card as well. And the fact mm -hmm. that the sun is reaching beyond the limits and the edges of that card. And it is that like, this is, we are, we are able to um, experience that sense of fun and love and it, it can be a surprise. And that's why I think I like the contrast of coming from the moon because you're probably mm -hmm. not thinking about any of this. And if you're that moon process, that sort of tortured artist thing that we were talking about in the last card, it's, it's such a space that it's hard to imagine what that amazing Teletubby, like fabulous, don't worry about anything childlike um, experience is and this, we just thrown into it right here. And it's like, what? You know, in the same way that things were odd in the last one, they're happy in yeah. this one and just free. And what a wonderful lesson that, that contrast between the cards. Like when you're in, down in the dumps, when you're having a depressed day, how often is it like, oh my gosh, it's never going to get better. But then you remember all the times that it did get better and you're like, oh, it's going to get better. And then it does get better. Yeah. And this Sun is, card. It's so much to me. <laughs> exactly. It's about the, it's about the, um, experiencing of that sense of just joy and happiness and warmth. Yeah. That. And which really brings us to the, the embodiment aspect of this card that it's really about being in, we're, we're getting out of the head here, folks. It's we're getting out of the intellect and all of that head stuff. And we're really able to just be in the body and the, the enjoyment of that, uh, I think that's a that's a huge thing to enjoy the pleasures of life, to enjoy the moment. Uh, you talked about alchemy earlier, and that there's a phrase in alchemy which is the mind should learn compassionate love for the body. So mm -hmm. these are the days where, you know, your mind, your planning mind is like this is a waste of time, but it's totally necessary. Whatever it is you need to do, whatever that looks like for you, going to the spa. Um, having a day at the beach, you know, a day that doesn't have any actual use or end product, but that is absolutely necessary for your health and your well-being. And yeah, that's, I think everybody sort of battles with that. And we are enculturated to think that pleasure is, um, need to be earned. And again, it's that difference between looking at things as being redemption to redeem yourself or or through an evolution process of, of, of inclusion, of including um, happy and joy and pleasure as a part of your life. I think it's just unfortunate, and I, I definitely suffer from it too. It's like, oh, can I go do something fun? No, 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 I gotta earn it. You know, I gotta do all these things <laughs> right. before I go do it. And then, you know, basically when you, you can tire yourself out mm -hmm. and you can't connect to this energy as well if you just, in, you know, wanna go and do it because you think you've earned it that's a different dynamic than just being able to be open to it and say, Oh, you know, I will, if, if these opportunities and they surely will come upon you and it's this child archetype, that's like the harbinger of that, take it, you know, let it, if, if that moment of fun comes up, do it, you mm -hmm. know, be open to it. Don't fight it. Um, look for it too. I definitely recommend that. But this to me is almost, there's, there's a spontaneity inherent in, in this. And, um, just today, I just thought of this spontaneous moment for myself. I'm on Facebook and just, you know, trolling around. And a friend of mine mentioned something about something, a game that she plays on the bus where she imagines what, who, what people do, but in a really good way. Oh, this person volunteers with crippled children and this person does that. I mean, she's just there glancing at people 
you know, having so much fun imagining them as, you know, doing these amazing things in the world. Just for fun, <laughs> right? And I was like, that's amazing. And I, I typed in my comment and I was like, that's great because I have at times been on the bus just imagining what would this bus be like if we were just all having a big party right now and everyone's talking to each other and they're finding out what they have in common and it's just... This, I mean, I will sit there and I will well up with joy just imagining, well, what if that guy over there looks kind of scary? He's hanging out with that older lady and they're, you know, she's handing him a recipe for this. And there's just this, that's the embodiment of the sun card. Yeah. It's just that spontaneous joy. Oh my God. This is so synchronistic because, and, and we didn't even talk about this earlier audience, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I was for the first time ever last night on the bus coming home. I, you know, I've been kind of playing with drawing again and not to be like an artist or anything, serious drawing artist or anything, but just to like wake up the right side of the brain. I'm reading drawing on the right side of the brain. Totally recommend it by the way. But I just thought, you know, I'm just going to draw some people on the bus when they're not suspecting it. <laughs> and I got my notebook out and, I, you know, I'm listening to some music and, and suddenly I'm just swept away into just how beautiful this person is that's sitting in front of me and I'm drawing them. And my bus ride was transformed to that, oh my gosh, I live in the 40s of the avenues and I got to get come all the way from downtown. And sort of instead of counting avenues, suddenly I'm transported. I'm, I am playing and interacting with reality itself. So play can be anywhere um, and it can be any time. It's, a, it's about a, a mind frame. Uh, that you can just an get openness. into and mm -hmm. an openness to and it. An openness to it. I this think is and and but when we were talking earlier, you mentioned that this card, this stage, isn't a reward. You haven't earned this no, card. No, I don't. This think is so. something you can pick up any time. This Absolutely. is this is a state of mind you can be in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is. I think there is something about if we're on the linear path, going from the moon and what can be so difficult with that, that that by contrast can make this experience um richer but i think it's it's not it's not totally necessary you know and it's not that like oh i've been miserable for a year now i'm gonna be happy for a year i don't i don't know i think it's more sort of inner interrelational and it, it has to do with especially in this this card we all have an inner child and mm -hmm. I, it's just, it's just that term is kind of, for me, it's weighted, you know, it's, it's got pathology smacked all over it. But, you know, to talk, we do, all of us were children. We, you know, no matter what, uh, we're not in the whole cloning thing yet. So all of us are born, you know, we, we we're born and we, we, we do spend some time as children. Uh, for some of us, that's a shorter duration or a longer duration. And some of us just haven't grown up. But... <laughs> As a pattern, as an archetype, it's here. And I think that this stage is at the heart of that and the lightest part of the child, which is that sort of like happiness and joy. Joy for joy's sake. Fun for fun's sake. Mm. Yeah. You know, I must say that uh, this podcast really shifted for me and when it when I realized that we were playing together in, in our, you know, how much fun we could have with this podcast. <laughs> like it didn't have to all be like work and like research, but it's like, you know, it's something, it's like that's the bus moment, you know, it just kind of comes up naturally. You're like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. So, uh, you know, your projects, how can you play with your projects? Uh, personal therapies. How many people go into therapy thinking, oh, I'm going to go work on myself now. Bring my inner child, uh, kicking and screaming. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to dig up some dark moon moment roots, you know, but that, that 
I, I would say some of the best therapies are with the imagination, with play therapies, uh, sand tray. Look into this because th th those aha moments, those realizations, things that actually allow you to grow forward, you know, it's it's they don't necessarily emerge through the some analytic work that, mm -hmm. that it's really in these these freer moments of like just letting the the mind go uh, a Jungian interpretation of this card with the twins is that this the ego conscious mind is has met within these safe walls an unconscious element um, in Jung's uh, autobiography memories dreams reflections mm -hmm. he talks about you know there was the me that was the me it was like personality number one but then there was this bizarre personality number two there was something that was that other people didn't see and that even I wasn't totally aware of what it was it seemed like a very ancient self but also you know youthful and and so these two the unconscious aspect and the conscious ego are, are meeting and playing here in safe walls um so what does that look like for you uh, is a great question to ask yeah and if you were to go back to the kind of the picture of the fool as the hero landing here and interacting with the symbols on the card you know meets this child probably having a good old time playing and Finally, you know, uh, the question that, that, that I thought was interesting is the fool asks the child, who are you? You know, and the child says, I'm you. I'm the you that's unbound by fear mm -hmm. and by doubt, um, all, all present within. And that I think is the kind of the crux of this, is the crux of this, of this card and how I love the fact that there is a wall here. There is a boundary and there are these wonderful, happy symbols and, to, at least to the extent of the rider weight, the the banner that this it's you know there's a horse you know riding in on your horse and being saved by a child and there's a banner which I always you know associate with that sort of it's probably more like a Judeo Christian I'm I'm here to save you there is a savior element of here and hmm. if we can remember that that because it's a complicated archetype the child I mean in and of itself it is not complicated we complicate it. Um, we complicate our own relationship mm. to our own child, but there's, there is, um, to, to go back that there is that idea of that redemptive element, but it's always included. The child is always within us that, that wall around it. We, we protect it. You know, we don't bound it in and not let it out, but we, we do care for it. There's, we have to caretake that part of ourselves. Just have some wild, wild fun. Teletubbies. Teletubbies. I just, I totally think of Sesame Street and the Teletubbies. <laughs> And, uh, you know, just to kind of go into the child archetype because it's, uh, I think it's the number one article on my website or the, or the ones that I've written about the child. Uh, was, I think, you know, as adults, we're all trying to grapple uh, with the child archetype. And there is, oh, my God, such a part of psychology, I think, starting in the 70s. It's all about your childhood. And, you know, it's all about what happened. You know, it's like you'll never escape your childhood. If you were effed up in your childhood, you know, mm. that's it. And then there was you know, kind of moves, you know, yeah, and James I think, Hillman as well. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, and to mention James Hillman, I think very much we need to clarify that it's not so much about digging up histories of what happened in childhood that you can never change, but what is the living child in you right now? How, how can that be invoked? And how can that be directly, you know, engaged and, and nurtured, you know, instead of just going back into the past and digging that all up? though there may be some use in that in certain therapies, you know, what, what is going on right now, you know, and how can we come out and play? Yeah. And, and 
see see that as being a very valuable active relationship of, of relating to that um, child part of us. And there's you know there's so many flavors, specific flavors. That at least in my practice, I'll work with with people. And so the the child is this you know very big archetype that we all have. It can be almost hard to kind of claim if it's just generic you know if it's this it's innocent and fun and trusting and and all of that that's great some people have a very difficult time owning that or seeing that part of themselves so there's what I call kind of like the flavors of the child archetype like the the magical child the innocent child the orphan child the wounded child um there's there's quite a few divine child and they all Mm -hmm. kind of have I mean they're all child but they do have specific kind of flavors in their own um sort of possibilities and pathologies with them as well. And um, I think that's an article on my website with a little bit more information about what those look like that, you know, mm. you might identify probably with one more than the others. Yeah, um, that's a wonderful thing to look into. I'd say also, it seems simple, but also hanging out with literal children is a wonderful way as to... You, as you do working with kids. Yeah, and, and I'd say working in a school has been such a blessing. I just love it. And it keeps me so alive and in the moment. And kids are awesome. <laughs> yeah. Really, really lots of fun. So people are listening and they're like, okay, what do I what do, I do with this information? Um, you know, how do I keep an eye on this or whatever in, in my life? There's a couple of practical things that, that come up for me. Other than be be open to play. Be open to this wholehearted, fun energy. And I, I think if the more you think this is ridiculous or you don't have access to it or you're feeling bad, like, oh, I can't get to it. I'd love to have some fun. I think the first stage is just to be open to it. And that's not hunting for it, but just literally and an either an affirmation or something that you do to be open to it. Be like, you know, I'm, I'm opening. I'm open to play. The, the other thing is just, you know, like the silly thing, like you were doing it on the bus. I don't have to do it the bus. We're city kids. But like mundane things like that, mm-hmm. being open to it, uh, you know, walking along the sidewalk, seeing where there's a hopscotch thing. Do it. Yeah. You know, yeah, go um, for it. throwing, you know, paper into the waste paper basket, you know, any, <laughs> any keep, keep an eye out for that. And I think something very practical, you can anchor good joyful moments in your brain you are rewiring your neurological pathways mm, yeah. and um it's it's, greatest prozac ever to just play absolutely be in the, that and trying things that you're not good at or that you're not experienced in gives you that sense of like oh i'm starting over i'm like a total child when i start to draw you know all of a sudden it's like it froze way back when i was in middle school and now i'm picking it back up again and and it, and, it, and it does bring up that sort of vulnerable innocence that, that comes with starting something new and you you just have to be imperfect with it and um play around with it mess around with it yeah well what i think we've um we haven't said specifically but but what is the big part of this this um, card and the archetype is ego. You it's, the child hasn't developed an ego yet. Mm. You know, there's we 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 teach children to have an ego because that's what you know. We've, we've got to care about what other people think. You've got to care about this and and that development's happened. But there's so much a part of this card. Whereas if you're like, oh, I used to play piano or I used to draw, that's your ego saying you can't go do it. But it's this child part that's like, yes, 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 mm-hmm. let's do it and what the child brings is the joy of just doing it. And it's that conversation that the ego comes in and says, no, 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 you'll be embarrassed or you'll be whatever to do it. So You know what I think happens when uh, the child's repressed? I, th- I think one of the things that might happen, 
that that we start we eat too much sugar. I think you think you're like the child is not happy and the child's like candy bar now. <laughs> and then it I the child's going to force its way in there no matter what. It's um true. but maybe maybe if we're, you know, I've I've found that if I'm happier in my body and I've had a like a more joyful full body day, I just will I won't crave these things mm. as much. I wonder if that's like the child going I I need a candy bar. I need a lollipop, you know. I think you make a really, really good point. And again, it's kind of like that being our inner parents, right? If you're giving yourself the unconditional love of the mother, father, you know, and the boundaries and the structure, you're going to be happy. You're Mm -hmm. not going to want to indulge, you know, or overindulge in something, you know, like sugar or whatever. You're not going to have that out of control child part of you. Make me happy. Make me happy. And, you know, that brings us to the shadow of the child. You know, the temper tantrums, Mm -hmm. the like, it's never enough. And just if you've ever, you worked with children, and I Mm -hmm. have, you know, a lot of my friends have kids. I was a kid myself. That, like, inconsolable craziness that kids get into. They're just like, ah, you know, they just can't deal. They're not happy, and they can't express kind of how they are. We as adults, I think we have to see that part of us. Yes. Although it might be tamped down. We might just, you know you know, have gone into a big meeting at work or whatever. Well, we but need it, to find there. the difference between childlike and childish. There's, there's a difference there. Yeah. <laughs> I, and my, my personal theory is, is, you know, I don't think locking that part up and, you know, putting it, you know, nose to the corner, you've been bad, mm. um, works all yeah. that well mm-hmm. in the long term. It might have been the way we were treated um, as kids, that might've been how we were raised, but I think working, if you were consciously working with that part of yourself and you re- recognition and mindfulness is the first step, but, um, in working with people, I, I asked them to understand what was their ultimate mother, father, not their own necessarily, cause no one's perfect, but that archetypal unconditional loving mother and that unconditional loving father with the structure and the you know, the difference between the get up and go out and the mother come here. If you do that for yourself, you will be able to deal with that child in, in a way that's really going to help you. If you are providing that for, for yourself, that self-acceptance and self-compassion that are inherent with the, with that lightest side of the, the parents' parental archetypes can be helpful. So oh, we didn't even talk about movies. Oh, my gosh. This is a big card. I know. I think... it's. I, I'm realizing it's, it's so much fun and there's so many layers and... Oh, there's, there's so many ways to go oh, it with is. it. Well, and it's an archetype everybody has too. Yeah, so. that's true. So it's it's yeah, it's not so foreign, is it? It's true. Mm-hmm. And so we'll we'll just uh, kind of wrap this up a little bit. Maybe talk about more of the the films and that we things that we see are related to both the sun and the the child archetype. And you'd mentioned earlier Robin Williams. He is a very very strong, um, I would say puer, which is mm-hmm. the eternal child or the Peter Pan child. Um, and, and he will embody that, um, I think in pretty much every film, um, at least in little, little slices. Mm-hmm. So, um, as well as a comedian, I mean, he's got a lot more going on, yeah. but he really brings that I think, mm-hmm. to, to all the, all the roles in terms of this. There's so many, um, great child archetypes and ones that really represents the sun and, uh, another actress, um, is Shirley Temple, mm-hmm. my childhood hero. I, when I grow up in a year or two or three, I'll be happy as can be. 
She just really, I mean, if you picture the sun, that could be Shirley Temple sitting on that horse. Just <laughs> totally pure, you know, the curls, the innocence, the just joy and happiness and that like uh, unsinkable purity and joy. And I, it was really, you know, for the times, was those movies were made World War II, 30s, 40s, and in, into the 50s that she really modeled that. I mean, a lot of people were like, oh, it's saccharine, it's blah, 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 and like, it's the pure child archetype. Mm-hmm. And um, she, all of the flavors of the child archetype are there, certainly divine child, orphan child, magical child. So um, if that's her cup of tea or you think you could stand that much cute, um, <laughs> they are Well, blonde, if you could stand our curly. podcast, which is also... I mean, we were yeah. both Shirley Temples. Oh, we were both of the curly-haired kids. Um, they're on well. The Shirley Temple movies are on Amazon, and most of them are all included in the Prime membership. But anyway, uh, I have a long list that will be in the show notes for for great films that really kind of embody this as a as an adult character bringing this energy of the child. There's a film called Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium, and kind of a sleeper film. It's Natalie Portman and Dustin Hoffman. I've probably mentioned it on here before. He's kind of a fairy godfather, but what what's also really happening is it's that chat. It's an adult, you know. He's the magical child. He's really inviting Natalie Portman, who is the the starving artist, that like blocked artist. So we have a relationship of the moon. Um, what what she's going through? She's a composer and a piano player. She she's blocked. And literally in the in the movie, there is a wooden block <laughs> that she's there to work with. So um, I really, if you're an artist or you're you're really intrigued by both the moon and the sun archetypes, I recommend that film. It's only um, I don't know six seven years old, starring Dustin Hoffman, Natalie Portman. Uh, I'll probably put a link to it in um, the show notes. And then there's other films that I think um, uh, I recently saw again with. The kids, we had our, uh, I had a flower fairy camp oh, I did with, right. with the school that I work at, and um, we had all these films kind of around that theme of spring and the growing and things like that, and uh, we we watched The Secret Garden. Yeah, which I was going to mention that too. Yeah, which has a lot of the different child archetypes mm-hmm. in, in the various characters, and uh, but also d- d- demonstrates that importance of the, the walled garden that's mm-hmm. secret and special and beautiful and a safe place to grow and, and try something vulnerable uh, which is like what the young character does, the cousin who's he's very like, sick. He's lame. <laughs> yes, and he's just never been outside never he, he's never been in his body in a positive way before um, and he comes out and gets fresh air and, and you know essentially learns to rock, walk in the, in the secret garden so uh, beautiful, beautiful film. Yeah, that's another one. Also that explores I don't the to. orphan, you know, and all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. There's an inherent caretaking, I think, that children have. They, they, you know, in their innocence, they, they will take care of each other, and they're, they're, you know, you can value, value fun, and uh, you'll see a list on the on the website too of, of sort of the opposites of like what happens when you don't have a childhood when you're raised stripped of that or maybe you have it until you're three you know and there's this big leaps of consciousness every year that you grow and by the time you're six you're starting to really develop an ego and all of that and um you know there's films like uh, la femme nikita uh we were talking about the film hannah Mm. where you know Mm -hmm. there are girls who are raised to be assassins so they are not they're basically uh, raised without the child archetype being honored or valued yeah, this um, opposite of the Shirley Temple. We also kick ass. We've got mm-hmm. the little girl who's 
the most lethal of the lot. <laughs> exactly. And they're, yeah. they're fun to watch. And yeah. There, there's like... co- it's a comedic contrast to see the child doing what an adult man would do, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot there. Oh, yeah. And we can't leave this episode without mentioning Big... With oh, Tom of course Hanks, not. That's you know, true. That's which true, which true. explores not only what it means to be a, a kid, but also it's so funny how that character begins to lose, just like all of us do. You know, when we get obsessed with career or whatever, loses that that uh, connection to his own child. Yeah, ch- childhood. He's like on the phone. He's like, I can't talk to you right now. And, and there's a big dramatic scene you know and and he has to refine it by becoming a kid again you know literally in that movie of course um it also makes me think of robin williams once again in in hook he's the peter pan who's grown up and lost connection to his that magical child and so forth so um i think those are both great movies about what it means to be a kid and losing it and regaining it and all of that Absolutely, and it's something that we, that the relation to another part of the child is um, our relationship to responsibility. Because, you know, your kid, I want to do it myself, I want to do it myself, and then other times you're like, no, 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 do it for me. So when we, we don't lose that, that is always with us, that's sort of like, I want responsibility. No, I don't want responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's like that part, and how do we treat that part of us, and how do we understand it? Are we just going to reject it and think, oh, that's silly and that's stupid, go away? You know, but but just to, to to work with it on a different level, I think can be really really helpful for people. Instead of I'm a grown up, it's got to be like this. And I was like, well, once you do that, you're closing the door to joy. You can't mm, have it mm-hmm. both ways. You can't just live this ordered, structured sort of self punishing life and have joy. You're gonna, you know, mm-hmm. when you when you've got that part of you that's a pain in the you know what that doesn't want to work or that doesn't want responsibility and you shut the door on that, you're shutting the door on the, the joyful parts of it too. Yeah. So I think that's a, that's a good, it's, it's a good sort of takeaway. I think for, for most of us to go, well, I have to work with that pain and then ask part of me too. Okay. <laughs> but there's fun and there's joy there too. And I think that's what this card is and the stage is bringing. It's a good Wonderful. Tilly Tubby's Lala. So this is, um, we only have a few more left. Sigh. I know. But, um, if people have ideas or suggestions or questions, um, we always love hearing from you. Please email us at atpodcast at archetypist.com. And soon, hopefully we will have, um, we have a website or a page for people to come and give us the contact information so we can stay in touch and, uh, and then we'll be putting out announcements about what the next plans yeah. are for later on in the year. But um, we only have, what, two, two, two more to go? Yeah, two more to go. So next go. stage, the judgment card. Don't be afraid. It's, it's a fortuitous card as I we near. I that card, yeah. Yeah. You know, so, people rising up from graves and stuff I like know. That, it, you know. It looks really scary, but, you know, we'll, we'll break it down. Demystify. We'll, we'll protect the Teletubbies, you know. <laughs> no Teletubbies were harmed in the making of this podcast. <laughs> At all. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Hope you're having a great day. Catch us next time. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Archetypal Tarot Podcast. Show notes for this episode can be found by going to archetypist.com forward slash sun. We only have a few episodes left, so if you'd like to stay in touch with us, just send us an email to atpodcast at archetypist.com. That's A-R-C-H-E. T-Y-P-I-S-T dot com. Thanks so much.